may hear that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Left Feast Network. What? All the cameras on? Uh, oh, yeah. Who, oh, where, where, yeah. Do yeah. Look? where do I look? We got Am I over there. We got a family show yeah. <laughs> for you guys today. We got Law of Profits. We got How to Build a Tent. We got Campus Preacher in the studio. Feels like the Royal Rumble. Westminster <laughs> Confession of Funk, AD Robles. And we got two new podcasts that we're going to introduce you guys to. They're actually on the line. On the line. In, not in the studio. Uh, on uh, the line. The Patriarchy <laughs> with Tony. Uh, it, it's got to be Dipain. It's got to be. <laughs> oh, boy. Diaper. With Diaper. Diaper. Joseph Spurgeon <laughs> and the podcast, Chris Wiley, Glenn Sunshine, and Thomas Price. Man, we're we're excited to oh, have yeah. this, this yeah. whole network together. Even though if we don't know who everybody is. No. Even when we don't know who you are, <laughs> we are excited to have you on the network. We're, we're, we're going to get to know them all. We <laughs> all are. Right. All right, Keith, one, one joke per five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Right. You're done. You're done. <laughs> are you done yet? Are you done? <laughs> Are you done? You, you guys, I don't have that one anymore. I like so. Oh, this is this is Glenn's first time, not only to listen to a show but yeah. be on the show at the same time. Yeah, but so. his his last name is Sunshine, so I think we're I think we're good. <laughs> I think I, I feel be. good about that. I feel really good about that. We're gonna be all right. So one of the reasons why we wanted to do this for our audience is because we now have eight shows on our network as of June first. We'll what? have eight shows on our network, wow, right? God. Including Four, cross five, politics. Six. Oh yeah, we're a yeah, show. We're a show. <laughs> <laughs> Hi y'all. Told me he was gonna challenge my math skills. Yes. He's a pastor, so I win. Okay. Um and and we have a lot going on. We got eight shows yeah. dropping. That's a lot of content, a lot of different styles of shows. And it, so we yeah. kinda want to introduce you guys to everything that's going on. And also not to, so you guys don't get discouraged about your iTunes podcast feed Theater, and everything yeah. right hey, we've heard but those complaints. also <laughs> as you guys heard me kind of tease you a little bit we are working on an iphone app that'll be able to help you better sort um our so if, shows you, if you really everything. if you really want to ignore keith then you'll be able to <laughs> but until but you then, won't want to yeah you won't want to and until the, then we're gonna yeah. force feed you keith and, and the more club support we get the easier it is for us to be able to roll out this oh yeah this that's app. good that's good yeah. was that good that yeah, was really like good that. Gabe. that okay. was a smooth transition so, so now would be a good time to sign up to be a, a fight laugh feast club member that's and enter campus preacher that's right that's that's two that's two jokes so real quick um because they aren't here we'll just, we'll just mention westminster confession of funk with jason farley oh uh, yes yeah. okay He's he's great on theology, arts, poetry, kind of culture, and poetry. Culture. Yeah, he, he, he makes my palate grow for poetry and yeah. the, the the love of literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. so good. And he's done a couple uh, podcasts on. Uh, he'll pick a psalm, and it's been great. No, he'll pick yeah. a psalm like eighty. I think eighty one was his last one. Okay. I mean, really, really good through the psalms. Sort of devotional, literary, yeah, 50, cultural exactly. analysis. Exactly. Okay. Um, our intersectionality brother, A.D. Robles, isn't here. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, he's Puerto Rican. He's Puerto Rican, right? Okay, I got it. Uh, he's not here, but he's been uh, actually just taking a sledgehammer to all the so- social justice. They can't mess with that dude. No, he's like no. kryptonite to the social justice movement. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he got he got kind of ran out of his church leadership position because could, of what yeah. he was doing. Yeah. So good on good on him. And then uh, uh, Marcus Pittman, Law and Profits. He's not here. Uh, but yeah. you, most of our audience already knows um, him also. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're going to get to everybody else. But hold on. Before we get to them, yeah. uh, one of the ways we want to frame this is not only do we want to introduce you to all yeah. these Good. podcasts, yeah. but we're going to ask each of them not only about who they are and what they're doing, but then we want to ask them about the Equality Act. Yes. So the Equality Act just passed the House. And now it has been introduced to the Senate. I believe there's been a, a reading of it um, in the Senate. 
Yeah. And the Equality Act is bad. Um, it's it's and, and it's probably not going to pass the Senate. But one of the yeah. reasons why we wanted to talk about not this time around, probably. Yeah. But one of the reasons why we wanted to bring it up is because Christians, we need to get on this now. We've already seen a move right. towards Christian businesses to uh, for the LGBT movement, kind of forcing Christian businesses to do what they want. Uh, and this Equality Act is going to open it up to the, force the church to do certain things. So what this does is it basically codifies uh, Obergefell and codifies um, right. uh, various rulings um, of opinions. Per- anti-discrimination opinions yeah. uh, into law and identifies um, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, pregnancy, childbirth, or medical conditions, as well as sex-based stereotypes, um, mm-hmm. all as um, things that um, people can be discriminated for. It also identifies um, conversion therapy. Um, uh, without defining it. Uh, without defining it. Yeah. As a we form, all know it's bad, though. A form of discrimination that Which harms is. LGBTQ people. Um, anyway, and it and it um, it lodges all of it. It frames all of it and, and, and argues that it, this is all derivative of the 14th Amendment. And so it's basically saying all and this 1964 civil rights legislation. That's yeah, what but, it was built on. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, so all this um, gender confusion, sexual promiscuity, uh, perversion mm-hmm. is um, being sought to be codified specifically now into law that you can't discriminate against. It. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the that's the down and dirty um, sort of short version of it. Um, and as you were saying, Gabe, I don't think this is likely to pass the Senate. Uh, or be signed into law by Trump, um, but I don't think they care um, because they understand um, uh, how to how to run this play. The liberals do. They, yeah, and, they, and the, liberals, the, yeah. the liberals run this yeah. play by you just you know you introduce something crazy, and then the next time it's not as crazy, and then the next time it's kind of normal, and then the next time it passes. Yeah, right. And uh, also also sets up the next election. So yeah. so we we try to propose this equality thing. Right. The Republicans oppose it. So now, then you also just kind of have an issue in the it's next part, election. Part so of the fight. So, so anyways, there's the short. Um, summary. Let's walk let's, through our podcast. Let's, yeah, let's start with Matt at How to Build the Tent. Okay, that sounds that's, good. That's our business podcast, and I think a lot of times what I look at with something like this is Christian businesses have been the for, have been on the forefront of this. The florists, yeah, the bakers, the bakers, the cake makers, the photographers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Matt, as you look at this Equality Act and how you see it's going to be, let's say that it passes the Senate. So, I want to assume uh, the passing the of worst. Like, the worst <laughs> case scenario. Matt. Uh, um, yeah. how, what does that look like for a Christian business, and 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 what do you see? How do you see this affecting Christians? Well, I think it definitely will impact us if it does pass. There's going to be people, activists that are going to be coming after us like we've seen already. Those plays are going to continue to happen. And when I get asked about this from business owners, from people that are thinking of starting businesses specifically in those areas that are vulnerable to the LGBT, whatever it is, um, agenda coming after them, I, I say you got to do three things. One is you need to... Uh, start putting in interweaving into your business, into your mission statement, into your operations, your Christian values. Don't hide them. Mm. Uh, you got to be bold and you have to set a standard that you are a Christian business because that is going to give you more cover if you ever do get taken to court instead of somebody who doesn't really live out their Christian values in their business, because then it looks like more of a discrimination issue instead of a religious freedom issue. So that is the first thing I say is you got to be bold before the battle comes to you Mm. that you are standing up for Christian principles that you're living that kind of life. The second thing is because these battles are happening more. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, The second thing is that 
we need to be starting to save up and being prepared for it, if, especially if you are a florist, if you are in the wedding area, if you're doing service to the wedding industry. Um, you need to start being prepared to go to battle and have to go to court for these things or to go to you know mediation, arbitration, things like that. And then the third thing, this is more of a proactive thing instead of a defensive thing, is, is be making money, be profitable, have successful businesses. So you can start supporting Christian politicians in your local areas that are going to be fighting against this and being able to support churches and ministries that are supporting your values. And that is the, the third one is probably the most important one because we need to be offensive and try to get ahead of this. I, I want to read part of the act here that, that's specifically getting at businesses. Um, it says lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer, LGBTQ. Does it say sodomite? No, it doesn't. And it doesn't oh. say pedophilia oh. or bestiality, but okay. you know, whatever. They missed them. People, it's coming. so these people commonly experience discrimination in securing access to public accommodations, including restaurants, senior center, senior centers, stores, places of establishments that provide entertainment, which I'm assuming that's getting to the florist thing. They're, they're categorizing yeah. it as entertainment. Okay. Uh, healthcare facilities, shelters, government offices, youth service providers, including adoption and foster care providers and transportation. Forms of discrimination include the exclusion and denial of entry, unequal or unfair treatment, harassment, and violence, uh, and, and so forth. So that's specifically targeting businesses, and, and it includes healthcare providers. Last week, a um, transgendered man walked into a hospital with stomach pains and told, them, told, told the nurse that he, she was a man, and it ended up that she was having a baby. The baby died because they couldn't give it fast treatment because yeah. they were— they How's thought, a man have a baby? Yeah. Well, yeah. Will, will be, but but <laughs> yeah. they they went through the man process of assessing the situation. Right. And, you know, I think she, it sounded like she was large enough to where you couldn't really tell if she was pregnant or not kind of thing. Um, but that's a hospital situation where the nurse was lied to about who uh, the person was. But that's a situation where she could also be – that nurse could fall under this discrimination. Yeah. If she tries to diagnose and help the pregnant mother, right, then she could be – the one discriminating against. It's, wow. it's pretty crazy. Um, real quick, Matt, um, tell us just a little bit about yourself and your show before we move on uh, to, I don't know, maybe Keith or somebody. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, so my show is about how to make you successful in your business, in your startups, in your careers, and in your finances, so personally, your home finances, your investments. And the important, the reason why is not because we're living for this world or want to accumulate wealth, but it's so that we can get into the fight, that we can push the kingdom of God and we can proclaim the Lordship of Jesus through our success as an authority in whatever field we are. And that is why I'm so passionate about business and because there's so many implications and benefits to it and uh, just something that Christians really need to step up to. So now did your son get baptized yet? Nope. <laughs> he's got he a, on the network. He's got to <laughs> baptize me onesie though. Come on, man. I, I, I just want to recommend. I we, was waiting for an invitation to be on Cross Baltic in person. I mean, I'm the first show. This is the first time I'm getting an invitation. Oh, <laughs> come on, hold on, man. Hold on, man. <laughs> Can we have a private family discussion? Let's when we get off air, Matt. What you doing? Uh, I just want to say real quick too before we go um, and, and switch over here. Matt and Marcus Pittman just had a falling out. And let me tell you, it was one of the greatest. It was good. It was, was some good. You back and need forth. to go back and listen to that podcast, Matt. What show was it that you did? I can't. Marcus's most recent show, but what show was that that he was responding to from you? It was a show called "We Don't Need Another Platform." 
Oh, guys, we're going oh. to another social media platform. Yeah. Oh, those I haven't seen it. Yet. Those, yeah, those two, two shows were really Marcus good. Marcus plays part of his show, and and Matt just makes the the good point that listen, Christians, you can't complain about the platform for the most part if you're not even choosing to invest in the platform and taking the risk that the secularists are taking and winning the day. Uh. And he's like, I don't know any Christian businessmen right now that are thinking to themselves, man, I need to go and try and plow inside of the the tech world with my money. And it was just, and, and him and Marcus just did a complimented each other. It was, great. It was, really and it was a great, yeah. great show. So Matt, yeah. great to have you on the network, brother. And really appreciate what you're doing. Great shows. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, man. Love you guys. Yeah. I love you too. Hey, um, so Keith. All right. Hey, Keith is, you're the, uh, you're the host for campus preacher. He's, I'm, he's I'm a, a campus preacher. He's yeah. the only evangelistic show that we have on the network. Yeah. Like, so straight up. So tell us just briefly about yourself and your show. Yeah. Uh, Keith Darrell. I technically, I work under Trinity Reform Church, also the Whitfield Fellowship. I do open and under the Fight Laugh Feast Network and under the Fight. Yeah, I got three employers. Uh, and and it, no one wants me full time. That's my problem. Like, yeah, we'll take a third. We'll take a third, third of your labor. Third, third. Yeah, we'll take a third. Um, so I'm. Uh, yeah, I do open air preaching on college campuses. Usually Monday through Friday, I'm somewhere in America publicly preaching the gospel on a college campus, mixing it up with the students. Um, basically, you know, seeking to preach the gospel. Everybody, when I'm on campus, they're always asking, "Why are you here?" It's really twofold: preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that oppose every thought that opposes Jesus. Oh, preach, preach. And so when I'm on campus, I want this, I want to encourage the Christians, look, as we're kind of talking about, take over math, take over engineering. I don't have the ability to do that, but try to encourage the Christians, like, here's our here's our outlook. Yeah. Jesus is Lord of all things, creator and sustainer of all things. So lean in, take over the university and stuff like that. And what I've discovered, by and large, and what we're seeing even as we discuss this Equality Act, there are certain platitudes that the culture rules and reigns, something like equality. They, they own that term, right. and we sound like the ones who are bigoted with right. discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to learn kind of uh, rhetorically how to interact with that because the reality of it is we are on the you know bad side of the eight ball or whatever, what is, whatever my expression is. We're on the wrong side. But the ball's right circle. We're playing <laughs> defense. <laughs> yeah, we're, play, we're playing defense because yeah. we are in a, a responding. So one of, the, one of the terms I use a lot is hegemony, um, and I that's like kind that. of a leftist term. A guy named Antonio Gramsci maybe even goes before that. But but basic idea is that there are cultural forces and power in play that we just psychologically accept and don't think through. So in America, almost everybody universally accepts the idea of democracy. Yeah. Very rarely is someone like, I believe in monarchy. And when someone does say that, everyone's like, whatever. You know what I mean? No one takes Wacko. the monarchy. Yeah, no one takes them seriously because uh, democracy is the hegemonic concept and idea, presupposition that right. everybody shares. Right. And so right now, the basic idea is everybody in the culture shares equality. And now that gays the new black – we have Watch to realize it. that when we when we discuss the homosexual issue and LGBT issues, they're basically hearing, "Oh, you're you don't like blacks." You're you know racist. what I mean? It's, it's exact wow. same exact yeah. same thing. So when you're interacting with people, you have to realize because it's easy as conservatives. Like as I travel around, you talk to conservatives in the middle of the country who are kind of far away from some of these issues. They just kind of laugh, like, "Oh, they're not going to get anywhere." Next thing you know, like, "How do we end up in prison?" You know what I mean? And and because yeah. they're missing everything that's going on upstream, and the yeah. left knows what they're doing, and they are they understand. Power. They do much better than the right does. They understand power and they're wow. taking over power. They're incrementalists, over, right? Yeah. And they, yeah, yeah they are incrementalists. <laughs> and and uh, I, I can't think of the guy's name, but he came up with this idea of the long march through the institutions back in the 60s. And so, kind of following out of Mao's idea that, you know, just kind of take over Is all that these Alinsky institutions. Or, uh, uh, it no. wasn't Alinsky. It's uh, uh, I want to say it, it was a German guy. It's like uh, Dutchki or something like that. I can't, I can't think of his name right now. That rhymed uh, with Alinsky, but. Yeah, it rhymes <laughs> with it. But he was, uh, he was a disciple of Mar uh, Herbert Marcuse and stuff like that. So, anyway. Okay. He, they came up with this idea of a long march through the institution. So kind of in the 60s, they're like, yep, let's take we, – we can have our change by taking over the institutions. And so we're, we're even seeing that now in the church, I think, where you have like the LGBT people now pushing into the church. You know what right. I mean? So it's one thing we've kind of conceded. 
all right, you can have the universities, you can have this, you can have Congress, you can have the president. Right. Uh, but the like, next institution is the church. It's the church, yeah. Wow. And, and, yeah. and they're totalitarian. And, cause, and so are we, depending right. on how you're using the term. Right. They have a total worldview. They're not willing to less have a separation of church and state. They want the state or the church to be submissive yeah. to all things. So anyway, I'm out there seeking to mix it up with the left on college campuses and show why you know, things like equality, nobody out here believes in equality. It's a good platitude. No one believes in it. Here's how we all have to work out these ideas. Mm-hmm. And seeking to show that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And everything everybody has an authority. Yeah. And everybody has a hierarchy of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, they just call their hierarchy equality. Equality, yeah, yeah. And they want to marginalize anybody who doesn't believe in equality. So yeah. so so they don't think our philosophy is equal to theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So those are the sorts of things you need to learn to like lean into. When they talk about equality, well, what do you mean by it? do you think the Nazis are equal to this? No, no, no. Okay. So we all agree some ideas are There's worse than idea. others. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. now if they're worse than others, yeah. what's you, actually true here? What's the standard? So you said we're surprised sometimes when we end up in jail because but that's because we don't see what happened upstream. Yeah. We're, what, we're, what's we're, going on? What happened upstream for us to get to the get to where we're at now? Uh, we were willing to concede so many areas of life where we were willing to say, yep, Jesus is Lord of my heart, but he's not Lord of politics. Jesus is Lord of uh, maybe my sex life, but you know, we're not going to tell anybody else what to do. And then, then it plays out in things where we have sinned on, uh, say, racial issues, where we have committed genuine sins as a church. And now we're easily guilt manipulated because of our sins of the past you know, or even oh, presently. Yeah. So, so I, I think they take genuine things that are true. All right. White people have been racist and they just take that and exploit, 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 exploit. And there's yeah. no forgiveness until they get everything they, they want. want. You know what I mean? It's yeah. weaponized. So, yeah. So if you have a husband wife and the husband commits adultery and they want reconciliation and the wife just sitting there going adultery, 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 adultery. Weaponized. She clearly, yeah. she clearly hasn't moved on from the adultery. You know what I mean? Right. She can yeah. say like, Oh no, here's what I want, but she's, she's manipulating. So yeah. wow. I think that's what's going on that we've conceded so much because we have sin in the past. And that's all that. really so, good. Keith, Keith Darrell, campus preacher. Check him out. Can't feature the, uh, my little tagline. I can't this by myself to encourage and equip you in the work of evangelism. There you go. See, yeah. it's kind of alliteration. And, and what, yeah. days do, what day do you drop your uh, show? Drop it usually Tuesdays unless I don't publish. Okay. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, <laughs> I have to get, sometimes I have to get in touch with and say, hey, have you published this thing? Yeah. But for the most part, uh, yeah, every, every Tuesday, Tuesday dropping that. Thing. Here, here's another piece of the Equality Act that I just noticed. This is listed. LGBTQ youth are overrepresented in the foster care system by at least a factor of two and report twice the rate of poor treatment while in care compared to their non-LGBTQ counterparts. LGBTQ youth in foster care have a higher average number of placements, higher likelihood of living in a group home, and a higher rate of hospitalization for emotional reasons and juvenile justice involvement than their non-LGBTQ peers Mm. because of the high level of bias and discrimination that they face and the difficulty of finding affirming foster placements. And I think if you pay attention, there are, the hard part is, you know, the correlation, causation, everything that's right. going on. But you have somebody in the foster system who's, you know, emotionally screwed yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Sure. Emotionally screwed up. And so, so like, and it is kind of that both then where you have kind of like the odd kid, like in junior high, we're like, I don't want to hang out with him. He's, you know what I mean? He's yeah. odd. He's so then up. he gets rejected and then it just kind of compounds it everything. It can feed itself. Yeah. yeah. And I, I read a stat and this morning. parent sees that and like, I don't know if I want to bring that into my yeah, house. Yeah. Or you bring it in that just yeah. becomes taxing and exhausting because right. it's much different. Right. I read a stat this morning that in the UK, in the last 10 years, um, they've dealt with a 4,000% increase of people claiming this gender you know, confusion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. 4,000% 4, increase. So, um, and, and, I, and that's where our difficulty fighting on two fronts. We have to fight on the ministry front where we want to offer grace and mercy to those who are, are ensnared in absolute wickedness. Then you have the overarching power play of wanting to normalize that. So you have people in power want to normalize it. We want to minister to people who are genuinely hurting, right, and yet yeah. we have to speak against these people without 
yeah. our attempt to marginalize these yeah. people over and, here. And actually what's happening is these people are getting Stockholm Syndrome from the government or from the power yeah, over and, structure. And that's the thing. And when yeah. I'm on campus, what I've discovered is it's not the LGBT people in of itself. It's their allies that are the worst. So if you uh-huh. take a white person who's woke, uh-huh. good night. Like I can't, I can't get anywhere. I can have a good conversation with a black guy on things. I can have a good conversation on the LGBT people on things. Like, Even the trans his the liaison the day, is a problem. But, yeah, but, but it's, it's always the white liberal. It is. It, it is. It's, it's, it's the person who identifies as an ally that makes it so difficult. So even when you get into these conversations, if you can, I would just try to encourage you, if you can separate from an ally, so to speak, uh, because you can end up having a reasonable conversation. You know, the ally is going to view sure. it as you separating and, you know, dividing and, you know, trying to exploit them at, when they're weak and vulnerable. But the reality is you can actually have substantive conversations. And I have so many good conversations Believe it or not, with the LGBT community, including trans people who come up to me at the end of the day, yeah. and we'll have hour-long discussions sure. over these issues. And I think I'm one of the only people in their life that's willing to tell them that they're dead wrong yet still offer grace and mercy and kindness. And I'm a street preacher, so they come up to me expecting a fight, and I'm willing to fight depending on the context. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I want to minister to them. It's yeah. not me versus them in a, in a bald, bald thing. The, the thing I just wanted to also just not miss about that section on foster care is that is the government getting into families. Right, they're they're saying that they they are the father of those children, yeah, and they will require that any families that want to take care of them or ministries that want to take care of them to call him or her, they must affirm yeah. their yeah. chosen a gender identity yep. or sexuality or orientation, all the rest well, of it. Yeah. So, and as you read earlier, that even this, there's a section on conversion therapy. So right. even the parent who wants to push back against right. their identity can't do that. Right. Yeah. That. Okay, Keith had a lot of coffee today. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's here we go. Going. Just, wait, wait, I'm done. I'm getting warmed up. Are we ready to introduce? <laughs> I got the control right here, brother. I got Are we going to introduce control. one of our new shows? Let's now? do it. Let's do it. Let's do all it. right. Hey, we got one of our new shows that we're excited about. It's called the Patriarchy. I like this. <laughs> the Patriarchy um, is um, well, the, you know, I mean, the Patriarchy. They're horrible. Um, and they have the audacity to send us um, their bios, these crazy bios. But we're going to read them anyways. Yes. Um, so um, I'll read Joseph. You read Tony's. <laughs> Tony was born to white privileged cisgendered parents in the fascist oppressed regime of America. Oh, my. As legend has it, he was also born with a golden spoon in his mouth, of which he still has, Ooh. and uses daily to spoon feed his mansplaining to feminists. Mm. <laughs> when not crushing the rights of women everywhere on his show, the Patriarchy Podcast, Tony enjoys a good steak, raw, right off the still-living cow. He is happily married to his oppressed, perpetually barefoot and pregnant wife, Amy, and has so far spawned Four horsemen of the patriarchal apocalypse. Are they baptized? I don't know, Tony. Are they, Tony? <laughs> they are not. Oh, Joseph, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what, what, what's going on? I was just at his house. I should have baptized him while we were there. <laughs> Come on, do, do a brother a favor. Let me introduce uh, Joseph Spurgeon. Pastor Joseph Spurgeon graduated in 1999 from the John Knox School for boys, John chocolate Knox. Knox, the chocolate Knox school for boys, <laughs> and later went on to earn his MOPP, Masters of Oppression degree <laughs> from Southern Misogynistic Seminary. <laughs> this is great. When not preaching the subjugation of females in the church, he wakes up every morning at 2 a.m. for a quiet 25K <laughs> run. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe it either. I've seen your figure. After which, after <laughs> which, he, <laughs> nobody shaming him. After, after which, he replenishes his liquids with the tears of feminists. <laughs> feminist Gatorade feminists. Oh man, that's good. Joseph and his wife Rowena. 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 
resides in the undisclosed we, yeah, that's right. undisclosed compound of southern Indiana where they have five children and he leads a small church. Cult. Cult. <laughs> Joseph and Tony, thank you for joining us, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, t- tell us a little bit about... Uh, glad to be here. Tell do, us a little bit about... Do we need to know? I mean, can't, isn't that enough about their podcast? Yeah, no, I mean, may, almost, maybe, maybe we shouldn't ask them anything. <laughs> don't ask them anything. They know what their podcast... We know what their podcast is about. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give them... <laughs> I, I still like to hear them. All right. Give us a short uh, summary. What are you guys hoping to do with the patriarchy? I pretty much the hashtag that probably should go along with everything is trigger warning for like every single episode we ever do. Uh, and let me let me clear up. My last name is actually Tani, Gabe. Yeah, uh, I know you mispronounced everything, and it's not it's not Jamaican. It's Italian. So. <laughs> Tani. <laughs> so you know. Hey, hey. We, we should have guessed with a name there like Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, uh, our podcast is uh, about a lot of things, but mainly about biblical masculinity. I mean, we we live in a culture that absolutely hates men and by proxy hates women, and it wants to eradicate masculinity. It wants to do away with all of it. It hates God, and so we wanted to make a podcast for men, by men, about men, that uh, Christian men could join and listen to and hopefully learn some things from and become better fathers, better husbands, better men in general, and build the kingdom through that and uh now why now i think there's a little backstory on why you guys started the patriarchy there's some things that happen is that something we want to talk about publicly or not dang Gabe. <laughs> uh no okay, <laughs> okay. I, 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 I just thought i'm going to okay, well, i'm going to try and get away from this awkward moment uh, <laughs> so when you guys see so- well yeah. the backstory is his wife told him no once, and, and so we had to do a podcast to, to fix that. <laughs> oh, man. So so what's the first way? As you guys look at the Equality Act, how does this guy hit your podcast and what you guys are doing when you see something like this? How do you what, – what do you what do you think? Well, this is the uh, – this law is like the pinnacle of uh, of feminism and egalitarianism in our culture. And, and – and, um, it, it we get here because we've created an androgynous, androgynous uh, society, including in our churches. We we don't have a good grasp on biblical sexuality, a sexuality that goes all the way down. We don't have a good grasp of our bodies, mm. what God created us for. And so, you know, when in in the church, uh, sexuality really just comes down to maybe a tiebreaker in your home. And who can speak on Sunday morning doesn't mean much more than that. Mm. And so when you get that in the church and in society, they're not going to, who cares about a tiebreaker? Uh, uh, I'll break your faith kind of thing. Mm. Right. And, and who cares about who can preach on Sunday morning? We've taught the society to be uh, that sexuality doesn't mean anything. And yet, so that brings us to where this, this law is going to come into place, which, is going to actually harm women and men. Um, you know, women should be protected. Uh, it's one of the things that men should do. They should protect others. They should protect and live. You know, First Peter tells us to live uh, in an understanding way with women because she's the, the weaker sex, because she's woman, right? The, 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 those go together. There's this, we need to protect women and, and the weaker sex and um, 
yet what happens in this bill is you're going to start seeing programs and things that were set aside and maybe they shouldn't be, but they were set aside in our government to protect women. And you're going to see men enter into it. And, and it's just going to, it's just going to mm. destroy it. Flip it over. Yeah. You like, remember when we had Nancy and summer on yeah, the show yeah. and we asked them about, you know, what, what is the, the, what is transgender um, women or transgender a man who wants man. to be a woman? Yeah. Cross dressing. Yeah. What does that, what, what does that make you think? How does that make you feel? And, and and Nancy just said it just frightens me. I, even at the supermarket, it just frightens me and, and terrifies her. Terrifies her. And it's a you know if a this bill codifies the right for a man who to feels go, like a woman to go into a woman's bathroom. Yes, it's actually in the the section three under public accommodations. Uh, public accommodations. It requires that any establishment that provides a good service or program, including a store, shopping center, online retailer, service provider, salon, bank, gas station, food. Bank, service or care center, shelter, travel agency, funeral parlor, or establishment that provides health care, accounting, or legal services. Um, any of these places must not discriminate against someone according to their sexual orientation or gender identity. This means that, you know, all these places must allow for a man dressed up like a woman yeah, yeah. to go into a woman's bathroom. That's maddening. That's 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 what's being well, you cut. Resources we can like homeless shelters and shelters for women. Yeah. Now that the valuable resource, I mean, they don't have unlimited resources. The valuable resources being used are not going to be taken up by men. Right. Ooh. Oh, that's a good point. That, right. Where, where there's a shelter for women refugees to right. get away, let's say from their abusive husband. Right. They can get into the shelter and have abusive transgendered man right there. There's a, there was a case of that actually happening up in Alaska that hit the news not too long ago where, um, they got in trouble for kicking a, a trans out, but it was somebody who had, I think, had been abusing a woman in the in a woman's shelter. Yeah, and you you had the uh, case, I believe it was in Baltimore, where the guy was uh, in prison, uh, claimed to be a woman, was raping oh, yeah, women yeah, in yeah, prison. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so he wow. wanted to be in a woman's prison, was in there, and then was uh, raping women in prison. Right. So, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's just destruction. So that's the patriarchy. Yeah, real quick, before you guys go, before you wrap it, wrap it for me real quick. You said something, and I just, I wanted you guys to define this for me real fast. When you talk about what we are for, if somebody is listening to this and they're they're actually in these positions, and you, you said something about you know men and the church has forgotten that we're we're more than just who gets the final say so when it comes to the issue of sex. We haven't talked robustly about who we are sexually and who, and, and our and our bodies, our makeups. Would you give me just a quick sermon <laughs> to explain what God has made us for? <laughs> what are, ten what ten are, words or less. What are men for? Uh, okay, it's right in our slogan of our show. Yeah. Uh, men are to build, fight, protect, and lead. Men are to build, fight, protect, protect, and lead. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know what? I love pithy, man. I'm a love was, y'all that show. That was less than that 10, was words. 10 that, words. I was joking. That, <laughs> that was absolutely excellent. I, I look forward. When are you guys' this show dropping? Beginning of June, I guess. Yep, first week of June, and they're going to be dropping on Tuesdays. Okay. On top of of Keith, a campus pastor. So we're we're, we're scheduling this all out. (laughs) Tuesday's going to be a big day. Another new show. We saved the best for last, the smartest. These people got the intersectionality of all the PhDs that we need. Devastated. And we saved the smartest (laughs) for last here. Although he's kind of right. The Pugcast. We got the Pugcast. Theology Pugcast. The Theology Pugcast with uh, Pastor Chris Wiley. Uh, It's Dr. Professor. Dr. Glenn Sunshine. Sunshine, I love that. Um, professor of early modern history and Dr. Thomas Price. Payne. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not Thomas Paine. <laughs> Thomas Price. Um, Thomas Price. 
That's right. Um, real quickly, let me read their bios, and then we'll let them tell us about themselves. Pastor C.R. Wiley, he, Chris Christopher C.R. is his uh, his fancy writing name. Like C.S. Lewis? Yeah. <laughs> Senior pastor at uh, the Presbyterian Church of Manchester in Manchester, Connecticut. He's he baptized babies. Yeah, they do baptize yeah. babies. Yeah, he does. He's the author of The Household and the War for the Cosmos, coming uh, from Canon Press, as well as other books and articles. He is a member of the Academy of Philosophy and Letters. He's also the author of the children's, young children's novel, um, The Purloined Boy, mm, um, yeah. which is... That's a canon. I don't, I don't even know what purloined means, so I'm going to yeah. give him the smarter. Yeah. 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 I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. The Theology Podcast also has Dr. Glenn Sunshine, professor of early modern history at Central Connecticut State University, as well as a senior fellow at the Colson Center. Glenn has written numerous books and articles. His most recent book is The Kingdom Unleashed, co-authored with Jerry Trousdale. And then thirdly, Dr. Thomas Price earned his Ph.D. at the University of Oxford, and he teaches systematic theology and ethics at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary and at the University of St. Joseph. So um, welcome, guys, to the Fight, Fight Life Feast Network. Uh, can't talk. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and I think specifically you need to um, explain to us why is it called the Theology Pugcast? Right, <laughs> Yeah, I, I know Glenn's here, and uh, I don't know if Tom has had a chance to join us, but um, this is C.R. Wiley, Chris, and uh, the reason we call it the Pugcast is because we, we meet in a little uh, pub in West Hartford, Connecticut, that's called the Corner Pug, and uh, so we just had some fun with the, with the name of the show that's based great. on the fact that we, we record it uh, in a booth or in a back room at this at this pub, and uh, anyway, that's the story behind it. It doesn't get any more sophisticated in that that's, that's fun dr dr sunshine i like that i'm just dr yeah. sunshine <laughs> uh, hey do you know joseph back home at colson uh no i don't think so okay all right he's one of my friends you're just he's, full of awkwardness huh? you're just full of awkward these are doctors gabe <laughs> yeah, that's doctors. why i call him dr sunshine <laughs> oh, T- tell us tell us a little bit about what you guys are hoping to accomplish on your podcast sure do you want to take that glenn uh, yeah, what we've been doing is we've been, uh, each of us gets a week where we pick the topic and we, uh, you know, we address all, all different kinds of things, generally a little bit on the heady side, to be honest with you. And, uh, we have been, well, we've, we've talked about, uh, a number of things related to the Equality Act that seems to keep coming up, mm, yeah. but. Uh, Tom in particular is, works quite a bit with, uh, metaphysics. Yeah. Uh, he, he focuses on ethics, but he does a lot with metaphysics and somehow that keeps coming up. So we, we have a tendency to start on the subject and then try to, uh, drill deep into it to some of the ideas and the, the concepts that are behind it. And basically a lot of the theme really revolves around our loss of a larger metaphysics in the evangelical and reformed world. So, let me, let me uh, real quick, no, uh, flesh that out a little bit for me, because what do you mean by metaphysics and, and kind of the deeper issues and, and how we've lost that? Um, Cause I'm remember, I don't have a PhD he's from and Texas. it'd be really helpful. And he's from Texas. And, and I'm from Texas. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any other excuses beyond that. I'm definitely one here. So there we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris, do you want to do that or shall I? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll start, and then maybe if I miss, miss something, you can pick, pick me up here, Glenn. I, 
think what we're talking about when we're talking about metaphysics is is uh, we're talking about sort of the fundamental uh, structures of reality. Yeah. So, like when you think about something like freedom or identity or th- things of the, along those lines, you're talking about metaphysical things that inform everything else. Sometimes we use the term uh, presuppositions right. to describe the same sort of thing. Uh, but uh, it's it's because of these deep convictions or these deep sort of uh, ideas that are often unconscious that people uh, uh, behave in certain ways and think in certain ways. And so we wanted, what we're trying to do is, is help people see the roots of the cultural crisis that we're, that we're in the middle of right now. And that, of course, this particular piece of legislation that, that we're talking about today is, is, is uh, a symptom of, of, a, mm. of a deep uh, sickness that pervades the Western world. And, and understanding that, you have to kind of get down to the deep stuff, the stuff that's beneath the surface that people think people are, are not necessarily uh, able to, to identify. And, and, our, and our hope is that because we're three overeducated reform guys, <laughs> we, can, we can help people see those things. Nice. Wow. That, that's great. Yeah, to, Go ahead. To take it a little bit further, um, you know, you can you can look at metaphysics in, in simple terms as asking the question, "What's real?" Yeah. So if if you take the answer that was popular fifty years ago, that what was really real was the physical world, and everything else is sort of you know it, it's kind of out there, but it really is fundamentally derived from the physical. Uh, that's one set of answers, but. In, in a Christian worldview, you know, we we talk in the creeds about God creating all things visible and invisible. Right. And what what we need to realize is that the visible world and the invisible world have a huge amount of overlap. Right. But we don't normally think that way. We don't see it that way. Um, but the fact that there's overlap tells us that the world itself has meaning. Mm-hmm. If the physical world is all there is, there's no meaning. There's only fact. That's right. But the fact, but the fact that the physical world or the visible and the invisible overlap—that overlap—is what allows the the world that we're in to actually have meaning. Yeah. So we can talk about what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? Right. Bringing it to the Equality Act. That's that's, really right. that, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's that's this is good. Uh, this is really good. <laughs> this is this is this good. is why we invited you guys on our network because we're a little shallow and. I'm about to Education. We need to get a little deep. Well, yeah. well, this is our way of getting a free education. Well, this is a way. <laughs> this is a way. That's true. And this is a way of creating an ivory tower to the Fight Laugh Fees Network. Right? <laughs> we got one now. Also, so, guys, you guys can take it from here. After, I just want to ask one simple question. After you said that um, and, and describing the metaphysical uh, things that you guys deal with, I sound intelligent when I said that. Sort of okay. fundamental sort of, structures. Sort of, sort of. Um, what, how did we get here? How do we get here? When you look at America, where we're considering, we're seriously considering the equality. I Act. would have, I mean, twenty years ago, this. I mean, I would have never thought this would have been something that would yeah. have been a conversation, a talking point in the news. This was never going to happen, at least from what I thought twenty years ago. Yeah. But how do we get to this point where this yeah. is close to actually becoming a law? Well, I think one of the things, David, is that's happened is uh, people like uh, Tom and Glenn and I. We actually saw it coming 20 years ago. I, I mm. lived in Cambridge 20 years ago. Mm. And I remember at the church I served there, um, Cambridge, I'm talking about Cambridge, Massachusetts, right? I, I was within walking distance of both Harvard University and MIT. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, we had a lot of, you know, it's just, it's a college town on steroids. Wow. And so what, what, 
what I was able to see, you know, even back then, and I, I went to Harvard Divinity School, and so I saw sort of the, the I was in the belly of the beast. <laughs> what I was able to see uh, during those days was what was coming. I remember the very first time I heard about this uh, this sort of thing, you know, when we think about, uh, you know, uh, refusing to use, to use proper names for things. For That's the way I would put it, you know, like uh, if you... Uh, you're a man. The proper name is man, <laughs> you know, not something else. Yeah. Uh, but we, but we saw that kind of stuff uh, back in the early '90s. There, and I remember one time a woman from my church who was from Jamaica, a lovely woman, and she would volunteer for uh, stuff that was going, you know, was sponsored by, you know, Focus on the Family. She was very serious about being a mother and and helping her children succeed. She was a volunteer in the schools. And uh, she was informed one day that she was no longer allowed to refer to her husband. This is like in 1992. Wow. That she could only refer to her partner. Whoa. She couldn't even use the term spouse. Wow. Uh, and and her, 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 her husband, uh, great guy, enormous beard, you know, really <laughs> solid dude. <laughs> I like him. You know, there was no mistaking, <laughs> mistaking him for anything but a man. Uh, but uh, that was the kind of thing that was going on back then. And when I was at Harvard Divinity, you know, I, I saw, um, let me just give you a little window into how, you know, a place like Harvard Divinity can function. When I was there, I remember the first day of school, that I, when I, my first semester when I was studying there. And I was doing, you know, some preliminary work and the possibility of maybe moving on for a PhD. But uh, so I, I remember uh, after you know, registration, you know, how normally in a school you'll have a lot of tables set up for, for the organizations on campus, you know, the yeah. student-run organizations. So, you know, I, I go by the Sierra Club, you know, I go by Greenpeace, I go by all these different groups, and I come to the Evangelical Fellowship, and I come to their table, and I look at the table, and I, they have a sign-up sheet, and I see that, you know, I can join the group, and so I put my name down, and there were maybe three or four other names on this piece of paper. And then I, I continued walking down the hall and I came to the LGBT, you know, alphabet soup group. Yeah. And there were, there were four solid sheets of paper with names on the front and the back. Wow. This was like 1996. Hmm. And, and I said to myself, Wiley, you're, yeah, this is the divinity school. <laughs> and I said to myself, Wiley, you're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I had done my previous graduate program in Kansas, so that's why. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know that was that was the same year. Anyway, that, so, that, that was the same year that Bill Clinton signed DOMA. I think it was 1996. Wow, which is interesting. Well, yeah, there was all kinds of stuff going on that you, if you recall, you know, defensive marriage act and stuff like that. But underneath the surface, yeah. there was all this other stuff going on. Absolutely, and I remember. I remember a group that was actually brainstorming at Harvard Divinity School on how to penetrate or how to get into the Southern Baptist Convention. Wow. This Whoa. was back in the late 90s. Oh, wow. So this was and they did. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 So this is a, this was overt stuff that was going on there. And like every day, every class I was in, these were the things we were debating. I was like one against 30 every time. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, I, actually, I think we have to pull it back even further than that. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, Go ahead. If, Go ahead. <laughs> if, if, if you think about marriage, I mean, uh, from a traditional viewpoint, um, what's involved in it? Well, it's a way of regulating sexuality. 
because sex can have the side effect of babies, and we need some way of bringing them into the world in an environment where they can be raised, all of this kind of thing. That's what marriage has always been for. That's why marriage exists and why it has had a privileged position in every society. It's because it's necessary for the survival of the society. It is always a moral issue because it can have the side effect of babies and so on. So sex, marriage, babies, and some sense of permanence always went together. And then along with that, eventually, hopefully, you get this idea of love and companionship. You know, companionate marriage comes out of that. But the usually, historically, the order was not fall in love and get married. It was get married, then fall in love. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Now, take a look at what's happened in American culture over the last 70 years. Yeah. We've got a divorce revolution that shatters the idea of permanence. Mm. We have uh, in vitro fertilization and contraception. That cuts the connection between sex and childbirth. Right. Mm. We have a birth of out-of-wedlock uh, children. That breaks the connection between marriage and children. We have a hookup culture that breaks the relationship between sex and marriage. Everything that you put together to create marriage, every one of those links, we have systematically broken in the culture. Yeah. Going back to the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. And the, so what's left? What's left for marriage? Well, what's left for marriage is love. It's companionship. It's that relationship. Mm. Well, if that's, all, if that's all marriage is, why not allow it to two men or two women? Right. right. We've well, destroyed everything else that marriage is. And now, now we're destroying just what it means to be a man and female yeah. on top of it all. Right. And then that's, you know. yeah, and that, that becomes the next step. Yeah. Yeah. If marriage can be between two guys or two women, well, you can move very quickly to polygamy or, or polyamory, yeah. uh, any number of things from there. But then the next step is because there's no meaning attached to any of these things. A sex has no meaning. It's just something you do because you enjoy it, right. like skiing. Right. Um, you know, there, there's, there's no meaning attached to any of these things. There's no meaning attached to husband and wife, spouse to spouse. Why is there meaning attached to man and woman? Right. We've yeah. lost this idea of meaning. Throw well, some sunshine on it. <laughs> meaning, you move rapidly to transgender. Yeah, so Dr. absolutely. Dr. Sunshine, help, help me real quick. Cause, um, that was sad and that's depressing, <laughs> but since your name is, has sunshine in it. <laughs> Maybe you can help bring it all back. How do we? How do we get it back? Give me some revival right now. So right before we, we're going to close this out. We got to close. Uh, but and when we do, I, go ahead and preach me happy real quick. How do we get it back? <laughs> the way. All right, I'm. I'm just going to give you. Uh, let's let's talk about worldview for a second. Yeah. Your worldview. There's a lot of definitions of it. The bottom line is your worldview is what you do by default. Yeah. What is it that you do when you are not acting intentionally, consciously, making decisions? Where do you land? That tells where your heart really is. Yeah. The only way to shift the worldview is to shift the default. In other words, you have to act in a consistent way so that you habituate new behaviors, which then end up actually changing your heart. Mm-hmm. Work from the outside in to produce change. It doesn't come from the inside out. That's where Freud went wrong. So the hope here is for the church to be the church and to help people habituate new approaches 
to marriage. We need to model it. We need to teach it. We need to support it. We need to do all of these things. And not just marriage. We need to do it certainly for marriage, but also for what it means to be a man. What does it mean to be a woman? I'm I'm really excited about the patriarchy. You know, all of these things that we do to help the church to disciple people into a different worldview, one that's distinct and different from the culture. We do that, and what we get is working families, working communities. We get we get something that stands out as different, shining as stars in the in the universe as we hold out the word of life. And 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 in that kind that's of what we got to do. in that kind of situation, the Equality Act doesn't make any sense. Yeah. People look at mm. that and they just mm-hmm. laugh. They say that's silly. That, that mm-hmm. is this the Babylon Bee? I mean, right. you know, like, like they, they wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense yeah. as soon as you get there. All right. So, so when is the Theology Podcast going to be on the Fight Left Feast Network? Uh, also, the first week in June, and it's going to be on Thursday. So, Ooh. real quick, let me just review real quick. So, on Monday, HTBT drops and cross how to build a tent. Podcast. Yeah, how to build a tent. And then Tuesday, uh, How to Build Tent also drops Campus Pastor Patriarchy, the Patriarchy on Tuesday. Ooh. And then on Wednesday, HTBT, Jason Farley, and Cross Politic, we drop another podcast on, on Wednesday. And then Thursday, Thursday we have HTBT, uh, AD Robles, and the podcast drop. And then on Friday, HTBT, Law and Profits drop. And then, of course, we drop on Sunday night again. Wow. A that's network. a fight, laugh, feast <laughs> network. Watch out, CNN. Let me tell you We're coming for you. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. Every show is so good. I'm telling oh, you, I am blessed yeah. to listen to it. I, yeah. I, I, can't, I, wish, I can't wait till we get 12 hours a day oh, man. of something like this. This is exciting. Happen. I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. I'm excited. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize. Tony. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. <laughs>